a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Hello, Scaredy Cats. Welcome back to the Super Scary Podcast. I'm your ghostess with the mostest, Josh. Uh, you know, this week has been kind of dreary out, at least here in Richmond. Uh, you know, the, the gloomy weather can sometimes uh, put, put us in a downer, but, uh, you know, maybe it's the perfect weather to be telling some uh, spooky stories. And uh, today I uh, have an awesome guest. Uh, We have Jamie Zachariah here from, um, well, she's an author uh, first and foremost, and she has a fabulous new book coming out, a collection of short stories called Lavender Speculation, which is released uh, through Wildling Press. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, And I said your last name correctly. Yes, you did. Okay, just (laughs) making sure. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, You know, uh, Tina works uh, for Wildling Press, so she's been talking a lot about the releases over at Wildling. Um, but I am particularly uh, interested in talking to you uh, specifically uh, because of your bio. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just like to read it uh, for our listeners um, because I, I think you just sound so awesome. Um Jamie Zachariah works full-time as a science writer doing communications for an ocean exploration organization. She writes fiction and nonfiction in her spare time and enjoys lobbying for important causes. We love to see it. Making weird art projects and hanging out with her pit bull and cats. She lives in New Jersey with her wife. Like, you sound like such an amazing person. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, so tell me a little bit about um, this collection of short stories. Sure. Well, the collection's called Lavender Speculation, um, and it's my debut collection. I've published many of these stories over the years, really starting in probably 2020, um, COVID, surprise. Um, <laughs> and this is the first time that I've had an entire book with my name on it. So after I got maybe, well, there are 19 stories here. So after I got a bunch of them, I thought, you know what, let's see if anybody's interested in the whole batch, not really ever doing that on purpose, kind of just pulling them up together into a random potpourri, like a, like a bunch of flowers that are all just really different, but I just put a ribbon on it and gave it a name. And I said, let's just see. And um, I was very fortunate to come across Christina and Wildling Press who showed interest in it. And here we are, 19 stories packaged up in a one. We'll see. Yes. Well, uh, the uh, book comes out on October 17th, and you can pre-order it now. Um, And I believe this comes out on the 16th of October, so it'll be the day before it comes out. Um, So you can uh, rush to uh, the website link in the description below of the episode to order your copy. 
Um, I was fortunate enough to get an advanced copy. Uh, you know, I just know some people. Um, so, uh, we're gonna talk about, uh, a few stories. Um, the first one I would like to talk about is the very first story in, uh, the collection, uh, called The Witch of the Woods. Um, you know, I love a witch, first of all. Yes, um, love <laughs> we love to see it. Um, but I feel like the story, a lot of um, folks that identify as LGBTQ plus uh, could uh, relate to um, due to the themes of the story. So um, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about kind of your inspiration and how this story kind of came about for you. Yeah, it's so weird, my writing. And um, like I said, a lot of these stories I wrote back in 2019, 2020, 2021. And um, I was definitely in a different mental place at the time. And I have found over the years that I have been able to use writing as a way to kind of release a lot of those really intense negative emotions that come with just being a human being. Um, and, And so I take those emotions that I have from a everyday situation because you know i'm not being pursued by a ghost or a demon or a werewolf or what have you (laughs) um and then i kind of get them on the page but then i i form it into a story and i go what if so this is kind of this story was also born out of a lot of just like really intense emotion that i had to get out onto a page and it started as a scene the first scene and then i went from there and i made it into a story and so I don't know, maybe maybe I'm really the, the witch and not the main girl in the story. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so this story, would you say this is set in Puritan times, kind yeah, of that like, era, right? Yeah, like Puritan New England, which is which is really cool because I actually put some time into research this. So at the time I was working in Manhattan, right across the street from the um, the the main branch of the library. So I went over to the library on my lunch break and I checked out all the really old books about like religion and women and it in Puritan New England. And it was like, I'm talking old books that they had to like pull up from the basement. And I felt like like a scholar (laughs) doing my research, but it really helped me to kind of connect to the mindset of the characters in the story because you know, for us, it's one thing to have our inner struggles with sexuality, but then how could, how could you even imagine what it would be like for someone back then um right so it's kind of just like takes what a lot of people go through but like adds just a bunch more terror i guess yeah absolutely and um we had just recently covered the the witch um Mm -hmm. movie on the podcast so that was also kind of playing in my mind as well like it was very easy to visualize that um, that was definitely an inspiration that's that's true i am obsessed with that movie and yes. it certainly is, and it was one of the many inspirations for this story. Awesome. Um, I have been talking a lot when we've um, discussed short stories, how um, in Tina's particularly that we talked about a few weeks ago, she does really well with like showing, not telling. And I feel like you do that uh, very well as well. Um, Thank you. And I'm not just saying that, but because <laughs> you're in front of me. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the first few paragraphs, it's kind of describing how the witch looks like you can just kind of visualize that like your your language, um, you know, very it like I said, it shows 
not tells, um, which is awesome. Um, so I'm going to read like the first paragraph just because I, I really liked how you worded everything. Um, she was a haggard old thing smelling as dark and damp as the dwelling where she resided. Her matted gray hair hung about her shoulders, intermingled with layers of dried leaves and other debris from the forest. She had dirt under her fingernails, in her hair, and in every place of her body. One could not tell where the soil ended and her skin began. Like, I just, I loved all of that. Like, I feel like I could visualize the witch immediately, so. Thank you. um, Yeah. Um, So, um... Do you, did you, this might be like more of a personal question, so it's okay okay if you don't want to answer it. Um, but did you, um, have like a relationship with religion growing up that like you really kind of pulled from for the story? Cause it really kind of is like an underlying tone, obviously with the time period it's set in, but I was just curious if that was also an inspiration for this for you. Do you know, weirdly enough, no, I didn't. I was, um, raised by two wonderful open-minded parents who were raised by different religions on their end and didn't really push any religion on me and my siblings. So um, my kind of coming out, coming to terms with my sexuality process really was not at all guided by religion. And for that, I think I'm I'm lucky. Um, I, I do have many friends and of course, having living in the society know of many people who have had other experiences where religion really was an impediment to their self-acceptance. And I think that that was something I kind of added to the story later on, which is really interesting because um, something that I'm always fascinated with is is women's empowerment and the history of the way women have been treated and how organized religion, you know, say what you will about it. I'm not trying to speak ill of religion, but organized religion has historically really been a way to control and and terrorize people and especially women. So it made sense that that was the the biggest fear for my main character at the time and the place that she lived in. So the next uh, story I just wanted to talk about briefly. Um, Most of these are a a few pages. So like you could read like a bunch in like a short setting, which is awesome for my uh, short attention span sometimes. Um, So um, one, I, I, um, Notice that you kind of pulled from, you know, maybe your real life experience was the Orca one, um, yeah. since you work, uh, in the, um, ocean exploration, uh, scientific writing, all that good stuff. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about, um, this story and. Yeah. Okay. Without, without wanting to spoil anything, Orca is a story that. Okay. So I'm a very empathetic person. I think as many of us are, and I have been for a long time, ever since I can remember, really passionate about animal welfare and animal rights. And I've always believed that cetaceans, whales and dolphins should not be kept in captivity as entertainment. I think it's cool for a million reasons. If you don't understand why there are documentaries, there are ways to Google it. You probably should know by now. Um, Be that as it may, um, it's something that I feel really passionate about and something that really, really gets into my heart and twists. And so that is what inspired this story. The pain that I felt knowing that it's an ongoing issue, that people don't side with me on it, where it's something to me that I'm like, how could you possibly not agree? Um, granted, I understand that, you know, not everyone has the the ability to, to learn and know about all of these things, but it's something I'm really passionate about. And so the emotions surrounding that issue are, 
manifested into this story. And um, even though it's not traditionally horror, I've had a lot of people tell me it is actually the scariest story in the book. Yeah. um, Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything either, but kind of the ending like twist to it, um, you know, it's kind of like, oh, shoot, like this is like settling in. You can kind of figure out what's going on. And that's what's great about most of these. uh, Well, all of these stories really is that you know, for such, so for so few words, you say a lot in these. Um, they only last about like two or three pages in some of them, um, but you can almost visualize a whole story out of it. Um, Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. Um, another one I really enjoyed was um, the Personal Demons one. So Martin is an artist um, in this story. Uh, another kind of pooling from your real life, right? With your your uh, pastime of weird art projects. Um, what um, what art projects have you done in the past? I'm just I'm just curious. So I should preface this by saying, like, I am not artsy at all. Like, I cannot sew. I cannot draw. Like, I love making Halloween costumes. It's a passion of mine. But if I can't make it with like a hot glue gun. In a thrift store, it's probably not happening. But um, I just like, <laughs> it's just weird stuff. Like I'll, I found this really old but cool looking birdhouse decor piece in Goodwill. And oh. then so I decided I was going to do this like weird 3D fairy tale thing where I got this porcelain doll and I got this like deer and then I took its head off and then there's like needles and apples and glass. And I don't know. It's not, <laughs> it's like, I think it's like my writing and that there's, it's just weird and short-lived and just like, hey, here you go. And people are like, oh, great. Thanks. What am I supposed to do with this? Um, but yeah. <laughs> just simply a hobby. Definitely not professional artist by any means. Yeah. Well, you never know. It might turn into that. <laughs> but yeah, I liked this one um, because he kind of channels his, I guess, I guess fear, more or less, into his art. So... You know, this one has a kind of a surprise ending as well, so I won't reveal it. But um, the reveal of his diagnosis, I, I another good case of showing not telling, in my opinion, that, you know, you're kind of left wanting to know what's going on. And then by the second page of the story, you're like, oh, I, I find out what it is. Um, but you're describing his demon so to speak in a way that leaves you thinking okay what what's going on with this guy like why is he being terrorized right yeah i love that line between realism and imagination i think that i feel like that's a that's a trope that really plays well into a lot of horror nowadays because it really is the most fundamental thing like is this real or am i imagining it what is real what is possible to be real beyond the realm of what we know and there's no real answer ever. So I think that's why it continues to be such a strong piece of storytelling and something that I was happy to take advantage of in this particular story. Amazing. Um, I would love to know kind of what your inspirations are. Are you a big horror movie uh, buff? Like, you know, do you like doing spooky things? Do you love Halloween? Like, uh, tell me your history with horror (laughs) oh i love all things spooky um ever since i can remember my mom is a huge halloween fan so she raised us halloween so my siblings and i take it very seriously like all of october is halloween 
And it's just spooky season all the time. To be fair, I feel like my whole life is spooky season. I love reading horror, watching horror, writing horror, obviously. Um, And it's funny because I'm also very like traditionally girly in many ways. I love the color pink. I love like lots of things that are considered feminine. Um, Although we know we don't have to speak in those boundaries anymore. But I I love combining the spooky and the feminine as like a reminder that like, hey, we can all have multifaceted onion personalities a la Shrek. Um, (laughs) So I love to be able to... um, combine those kind of things. And and like I said before, a lot of my inspiration comes from real life stories that are like relatively benign. But then I think, what if, <laughs> right? Like, right. what if? So for example, one of my stories takes place, um, a couple, they go to a cat cafe, and the one woman is bitten by a cat. That happened to me. It was my fault. I was playing with the cat too rough. Um, and, it, <laughs> and it bit me pretty bad. Um, and I was fine, obviously. But my imagination starts to go, what if? Another story, um, the Kruger, they get lost in a corn maze. That happened to us. I mean, I guess we weren't really lost. We would have found our way out eventually. But, you know, in the back of my head, it's night, it's Halloween, it's scary. In the back of my head, I'm like, what if? And then I went home and I wrote it. So I like to think about these everyday situations and just like um, ramp it up a notch because you never know really what could happen. Right. <laughs> Um, I, I've told this story on the pod before you saying about the corn maze made me think of, um, the time that my husband and I went to a, um, it wasn't a maze necessarily. It was like this haunted forest. Like you, you walk through different houses and like they have the actors or whatever. <laughs> the <laughs> I was I'm such a scaredy cat. Um, hence the the quote unquote fandom name that I came up with for uh, <laughs> my listeners. But we were walking through, and the guy in front of me, I don't know him. I'm like gripping onto his shoulder so tightly, and, and Frank leans up to me, and he's like, "You're gripping that guy's shoulder really hard. Like you need to like let go of him. You do not know him." <laughs> and then at the end is when they do the whole like chainsaw uh chase um and i left him behind so i (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you and your wife have had any experiences like that but um yeah i would totally uh i guess i would totally leave my husband behind in that situation which is terrible isn't isn't that the fun like a really interesting thing about like truly being afraid it's like what what you do, how you react. And it's something like we can write about and guess, but you never know until you're in that situation, which I think is the scariest part of all. Like right. I can guess what my characters would do. I could guess what I would do. What would I do? I couldn't tell you. And I don't want to find out. <laughs> yeah. I would prefer not to find out either. But sometimes yeah. I do go down like a similar rabbit hole of like what would I do in a horror movie situation? Like, would I be that dumb bitch that runs up the stairs instead of out the back door that's clearly open, you know? (laughs) You know what's really cool about, I saw something online and I can't remember TikTok or Instagram or one of those sites. And it was someone telling a story and, and someone in their story said in response to that, it is unreasonable for a character to know what genre they are in. And I, that really hit me because I was like, well, well, Hey, why wouldn't you go upstairs if you didn't know you were in a horror movie yeah. or a horror story? And that was like, that is a really, really good way of thinking about fiction and about writing and about life. Yeah, I guess that is a good point. Because 
you know, especially I'm guilty of it here on this podcast. I'm like, do they not have horror movies in their like little universe or whatever? Um, You know, outside of like something like Scream, for example, like (laughs) (laughs) that's like something super meta, right? Like something so meta, like you're not really going to think about that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you mentioned that you like making Halloween costumes. I'm just curious. We recently did our one year anniversary episode. And we Congratulations. Talked. Thank you. Um, and my sisters and I talked about the Halloween costumes we've done over the years. I would love to hear a couple of your DIY Halloween oh, ideas. <laughs> How much time do you have? No. <laughs> um, I've done so many and a lot of times they don't come out nearly as like, polished as I want but I have so much fun making them and okay maybe my favorite is the skeleton singer from Hocus Pocus you know he like helps Winifred put a spell on everybody yeah um that was probably one of my favorite costumes I love Um, that a couple years ago my wife and I went as Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn because we love sapphic character representation yes iconic Oh my god, there's who, been so who many was good who? Things. Who was who? I'm just kidding. I was Poison Ivy. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She's blonde and I'm I don't know if you could tell kind of ginger. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um I definitely wasn't gonna convince her to wear a corset, so <laughs> <laughs> but oh my gosh, so Scooby Doo, I love Scooby Doo. <gasps> yes. So I love dressing as I always am Daphne, obviously. Again, redheads. Um <laughs> we made my dog Scooby the one year and that was so cute. Oh, yeah, like so many cool things. I don't know. I'm like, I was an anglerfish one year. Um, oh, that's it was very a- specific. <laughs> yeah, that's the marine biologist. Coming oh, that out. yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and since I've been working for um, where I work with ocean exploration, I've come across a lot of new creatures that I didn't even know about. So I I got some work to do. Yeah, maybe your your next. Uh, short story book will be about all of the the many creatures and terrors of the ocean that that would be cool you know what i keep wanting to write a story about being on a research ship that um, i go to sea sometimes for a couple weeks at a time oh wow and on the ship and it's 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 lovely but again i think about every situation in my life with the what if and that's how mm. i get my story and i do come up with ideas but i've never sat down and written one and i don't know if it's because i'm afraid to really put that fear in myself because I'm going to be back out there and I don't want to be like in that mindset or if I don't know, maybe I'm afraid I won't do it justice, but I will, I will attempt one day to turn my seafaring voyages into something horrific. Um, Oh, but a great example of that is a book I read recently. If it's okay for me to shout it out. Yeah, absolutely. Our wives under the sea. I think it's Julia Armfeld. I think that's her name. Um, Brilliant book about a woman and her wife and the one woman goes to sea. Um, she goes down in a submarine, which is different than when I do. I stay on the surface, but then she comes back and she's like, not quite right. Oh. And I'll leave it at that, but I highly recommend the book. Amazing. Yes. Um, yeah. Our uh, Deus Ex Media book club will probably enjoy that. So I'll definitely mention that in our discord chat. Um so, uh, speaking of kind of like movies and inspiration and such, do you think that, um, like, are any of these stories, uh, something that you would love to see on, like, 
a big screen one day or, or, you know, like American Horror Stories, like something like that. Oh, heck yes. I am putting out in the universe that, I don't know, Shudder, maybe, Netflix, Ooh, yes. uh, somebody, somebody who pays their people well um, <laughs> decides they want to purchase my book and turn it into a miniseries because I... I do think the benefit of short stories is that they lend themselves to short episodes. Um, and I love a good anthology series, um, especially horror, because sometimes sometimes too much less is more when it comes to horror. So yeah. I would have if anyone's listening and thinking, huh, I need a new short story to adapt into a horror series. Please call me. Yes. I would love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, as long as we can keep my queer characters queer. Let's go. Yeah, absolutely. As we should. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the the personal demons one, I could definitely see. I was kind of envisioning like, yeah, something like American Horror Story, like esque. Um, though I've heard that they were still filming uh, during the writers' union strike, so I don't know if we're. <laughs> Well, we won't yeah. go down. Yeah, we won't go down the rabbit hole, I guess. <laughs> no. Um uh another one I enjoyed um that I was kind of envisioning as like an episode is the conversations in the back of an Uber. Um cuz I think and this one is another one that's just it's I think it's literally two pages and it's it's like you can just visualize like a scene out of a movie or a TV show where it's just like this, the awkward silences and like the references of the Uber, like noises from the app and like all of that. I just, I, again, the showing, not telling. I, I always say that in these episodes. But. And may I, I want to, I want to say something about that because showing, not telling is really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. It's not something I'm inherently always good at. And throughout this process with Wildling Press, thanks to Christina and also to Mary Payton, I want to give them both shout outs who worked with me during the editing process. And a lot of my edits were that issue. How do we show, not tell? And I really, really am grateful for the the feedback and the the coaching from both of them to help make my work into something better. And it's, I just want to say to anybody struggling with this, I struggle with it all the time. It is not an easy thing to do. And I don't think it's anything anyone ever becomes perfect at. You simply can't. It just takes practice and patience. Um, but it, when you really try to write for that, it really does make a difference. Absolutely. And I think you've done a fantastic job of that. I, I keep saying that. <laughs> no, I <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> Just going to hype you up this entire episode. We'd love to see it. Um, <laughs> um, is there a particular story in this anthology that is your favorite? I know they're all kind of your, you know, babies at the end of the day, so to speak. But is there one that's your favorite? Oh, it is hard because you're right. They all are my babies. I think I have an a special, a special affection for Cat Scratch Fever because it was my first published story. Oh, yeah. Um, and because it's just so like witchy and queer and it's about cats and vegan lesbians. And it's just like <laughs> my friends and family who read it were like, yeah, this is you. And so, <laughs> and you know, it was my first one and it felt really good to get that out there. And that's really what spurred all of this kind of like, I'm going to keep writing. So I think it's, 
um, entertaining, at least. I don't want to, again, I don't want to spoil it, but that one's got a nice little twist as well. Um, so yeah, that's probably my favorite one. That's awesome. Um, so before uh, Cat Scratch Fever was published, were you writing a lot? Like, were you kind of honing your craft before that was published? Like, what what's your kind of journey with the writing process? Yeah, I guess I've always kind of written on and off, like in my life. Um, one of the stories in there I actually wrote for the first time in high school, and that's Comatose Beauty. Um, and I joke and say you can tell it's the one I wrote in high school because there's a, a male love interest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I wasn't like steadily writing for a long time. You know, I went to school for science and then I went to grad school for science. And like, you know, when you're reading and writing science for a long time, like the last thing you're going to do is, is want to write. <laughs> right, um, right. Um, but I really do think I was always writing sporadically poetry or little bits and pieces. And I really do think it was the pandemic that gave me the time and the mindset to kind of just sit down and do it. Um, and I wish I, I had a better memory to like know the moment that I just sat and did it. But I don't. I have a terrible memory. But yeah, I think <laughs> it really was just because like we all had nothing to do but sit with our thoughts. And so that's what I did. And then I thought, let me put them in the paper. And it happened. How how soon after you wrote Cat Scratch Fever was it published? Do you remember kind of the time frame with that? I'm just curious. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get that that one picked up pretty quickly by a small um, independent online magazine that I'm uh, Breaking Rules Press Triangle Writers Magazine, which I'm not entirely sure they're still around. Now that being said, that's that's not common you know I've had a lot of short stories I actually have maybe half a dozen now that I'm shopping around that are not in this book that are completely new and you know 90% of the time if not more you get rejected I've gotten so many rejections for so many stories and um that's as a short story writer I, I remember I got we got a rejected for a, a podcast where we were going to submitted one of my stories to be to be read aloud and you know they said no thank you which is fine and Christina sent me this beautiful email like please don't get get upset it's totally fine and I responded like listen, I've been writing short stories since 2020. Like I've gotten literally dozens, if not a hundred rejections, which I guess it helps you build a thick skin um, yeah. because you know, for every 20 rejections you get, you find a home for your story somewhere. And then if you're extra lucky like me, you find a home for all of them together with a wonderful publishing company. Amazing. And uh, do you have any advice for, you know, writers that kind of have a similar story to you like they're just trying to you know start out maybe you know they might get disappointed with the rejection yeah yeah there's a lot of advice i have um the biggest thing is find as many resources as you can because the internet is wonderful for and i can only i really speak to horror because i mostly write horror um there are websites dedicated to listing all of the open calls for certain things. And people are looking for all sorts of things. I saw an open call for stories specifically about crabs. Oh, wow. <laughs> so whatever you're writing, there are homes for it. You have to do the work and you have to sit and see what's out there. And it can be daunting at first, but if you find the right resources, they're out there. And I keep track of all of my submissions, uh, where I submitted when, when I got a response, was it yes or no? Um, I, I personally think that it's really important to keep track of all of that, but you have to research the resources. But once you get into the groove of it, you know where to find them. 
Um, and that's also researchers like, for example, Grammarly. I'm not a trained, you know, you know, I do communications, but I am not great at grammar and spelling and all of that. And I use Grammarly and it has helped immensely, not only in fixing what I've written, but teaching me to write things better going forward. Um, because sometimes I like, for example, personal demons, I think I submitted that story maybe 15 times and I got rejected. I sat down one day and I put it through Grammarly and I and I went through and I redid it and I made it like sharper and I got it into two different magazines. And I'm not saying it was because of that, but it certainly didn't hurt that I sat down and, you know, polished it up a bit. Um, and basically, it's just whatever resources are out there, take advantage of them, take the time to find them. I spend less time writing than I do editing, submitting, promoting <laughs> myself. And that's the unfortunate truth of being a, a writer is I, you know, the the real work begins after you write the story. So make sure when you're writing it, you enjoy it because otherwise you won't enjoy all that other stuff. And I can relate to that so hard as a podcaster because there's a, there's a, there's a lot of that, you know, if I, if I didn't enjoy uh, much like you talking about horror or, you know, doing what I do here, <laughs> which yeah. has uh, evolved over the last year, you know, I, I would have fizzled out, you know, like I not throwing shade at other podcasters, but you know, you, you can tell when it, the steam kind of rolls out or, you know, mm-hmm. the inspiration isn't there anymore, which thankfully I haven't hit that yet. So knock on, knock on wood. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's easy to do, especially because very few of us can make a full-time living out of these certain pursuits. And so it does become, in a way, like a part-time job, and you have to make sure you're enjoying it. Um, Some days, I I think I don't have the bandwidth to do any writing or submitting or editing or anything. Other days, I'm like, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this. And I think it's just really about thinking about what you have the bandwidth to do and making sure that although it is work, it doesn't become so terrible that you don't want to do it anymore. So finding that balance is never easy, but it's really what's going to save it. And it's going to save your mental health doing it. And I I think you alluded to this earlier in the episode, you um, speaking of mental health, you said that this uh, was kind of like therapeutic in a way to like write a lot of these stories. Um, Mm -hmm. Were there any in particular that you any stories in this that you really felt like you really got like that energy out of your system to kind of help you? The one that comes to mind, I suppose, would be a necessary procedure. And it's funny because I recently gave a copy of my complete book to my mom who has read a lot of the stories, but maybe not all of them. And I guess she read this one for the first time and she called me up like, "Um, why didn't I know you were going through this? blah, 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 like having all, and I'm like, I'm like, this is past trauma, like very, very past, very past, not anything I'm worrying about now, but it, it is, it was trauma on the page. And I am in right now, I'm with the most amazing person. I love my wife more than anything. And she's perfect. And our relationship is wonderful. And I couldn't be happier. But at the time that I wrote the story, I was, thank you. I was in a very different place with a very different person. Um, but writing that out and getting it out did help me to understand how I was feeling and in some ways to communicate that to other people at the time. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird to go back and read it now because I'm like, Oh, dramatic, but you know, it wasn't <laughs> dramatic at the time, you know, like it was how I felt. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy that 
that this has become an outlet for you to, to, to have that and be able to reflect on it and be like, okay, like I, I did this, I got the feelings out onto the page and you feel better about it. Um, Thank you. Yeah. It can be really hard I think all of us to, to manage those negative emotions. And we know there's a plethora of really not great ways to do it. And I think many, many of us have had experiences with those and you're not a failure. If you haven't found a positive way yet, just keep trying. And it, yeah, I had to keep trying and I found writing. Does it always work? No, but when it does, it's awesome. Yeah. And I'm happy I found it. Good. And, uh, if I saw correctly on your Instagram, you recently got married to your wife, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, we sort of eloped. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, congratulations. Thank you. Um, that's that's amazing. Um, what, did, what did you guys do? Did you just do it on a whim? Like you just said one day, hey, let's go elope or what happened? Yeah, well, we kind of, we kind of had it planned and we didn't tell anyone. Um, we're both very like... We were getting a lot of anxiety with the thought of like wedding planning and we just like didn't want a lot of people around us. We were both like, we just want to be just us at our favorite spot, which is the beach. So we just kind of arranged it to be us in pretty little dresses or in her case, a jumpsuit um, on the beach, in the water with a handful of people and then just like did it and then posted some pictures and we're like, surprise. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, everybody. But that was, you know, that two women with a lot of anxiety for us, that was the best way to do it. And it was such a wonderful moment. I wouldn't have had it any other way. That's freaking amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, my As of recording, my husband and I are about to celebrate one year of marriage. Oh, um, congratulations. Thanks. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I feel like it's... Uh, it's it's been like we've been together for 11 years now but you know it's i i feel like it's just gotten even better since the marriage and i think because oh. for I, I mean i had i'm an event manager at my day job so imagine me trying to plan my <laughs> wedding <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you want to talk about anxiety like that's anxiety but um but yeah everything just turned out perfect so um, i'd love to hear that i'd love yeah. celebrating Uh, yes we love it here well congratulations on the book and your marriage we are so excited for you here at super scary i would love for you to tell our listeners where they can find you on the internet and where they can uh pre-order lavender speculation yeah um so i am on instagram and tiktok and twitter for now but we'll see about that one. <laughs> yeah. um, my website is just my full name, jamiezachariah.com. But most importantly, you can find me on Wildlink Press's website, which also has links to some of the places you can buy Lavender Speculation, the usual haunts, Amazon, Bookshop, Barnes & Noble. But um, I've been seeing online a lot of small um, bookshops are pre-order, pre-selling it, and it's available in a lot of different places. And of course, you can always ask your local library or bookshop to stock it. Mm. Um, and if you have any trouble or you for some reason can't get a hold of it i'm happy to share it with anybody who needs it um needs it who wants it that was, that <laughs> they was need it <laughs> uh, <laughs> i guess what i'm trying to say is i i believe in telling stories and i want to share mine with the world so I, i'm so appreciative for you for having me on and from for christina and everyone at wildling press for believing in me and this has just been a crazy wild wonderful ride 
Amazing. Yay. Um, well, I will have links in the episode description uh, for folks to go to the Wildling Press website, your website, uh, and pre-order this amazing collection of short stories. Um, thank you so much, uh, Jamie, for joining me today. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. This was absolutely wonderful. And if you haven't listened to any other episodes of this podcast, you should go back and do so. It's brilliant. And if you have, listen to them again. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I appreciate all my listeners. Um, but uh, thank you, uh, listeners, for joining me today and Jamie on the podcast. You can find me at superscarypodcast at gmail.com. Um, if you'd like to email me your thoughts once you read Lavender Speculation, you can also find me on Super Scary Podcast on all the socials. And we'll see you uh, next Monday. We're, get, we're getting closer and closer to Halloween, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Have you decided your costume yet, Jamie? Yes, but I'm not telling yet. Okay, I'm not telling mine either, but it is a DIY project. So. Oh, okay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to wait and see. I'm excited. Yes, yes. Um, so uh, keep an eye on our socials. All right. Um, we'll see you next Monday, listeners. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Super Scary. Super Scary is hosted, produced, and edited by yours truly, Josh. The podcast is executively produced by myself and my husband, Frank. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Super Scary Podcast and email us at superscarypodcast at gmail.com. Please give us a review and rating on your favorite podcast listening platform. Super Scary is a proud part of the Deus Ex Media Network, a collection of fandom podcasts for nerds of all types. Stick around after the show to get a sneak peek at one of our network siblings' shows. See you next Monday on another episode. Stay scared and be super. Bye-bye. What's up, potheads? I'm Christina Kahn, host of The Restricted Section, the Harry Potter Slander Harry Potter Book Club podcast. We are a raunchy, rambling, unabashedly pro-trans rights Harry Potter Book Club podcast hosted by a bunch of nihilistic millennials who are desperately clinging to childhood fantasies as a way to escape the monotony of our nine-to-five work culture and the inevitable extinction of the human race at our own hands. Isn't it wild that this book series was spontaneously created by the gods and has no actual author? Welcome to the show! The Restricted Section releases episodes on Wednesdays. The Restricted Section can be found at Restricted Section Pod or at Restricted Pod across all the socials. And just to make it clear, fuck TERFs. Dave X Media.